0: Hello, wild one. Welcome to the Shamanic Tantra Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Taraya, and I'm honored to have you on this journey with me. My intention with this show is to create a sacred space for conversations around all the things I wish I were taught growing up. I'm here to remind you that all of you is sacred. Every emotion, every experience, and every energy that runs through your body and heart is holy. Shamanic Tantra is a path I walk in, it's a path of liberation, freedom that's found deep within the body and deep inside the breath. It's a path of reclamation, of integrating every shade of who you are, the wild, the wonderful, the primal, and the pure. All is welcome here. It's a path of truth, of devotion to the pulsing, quivering truth of this very moment. May we love each other, may we honor each other, and may we celebrate each other as we walk each other home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Shamanic Tantra Podcast. This is your host, Holly Taraya, and today we have a special guest, Kevin Oros. Kevin is a coach, entrepreneur, performance philosopher, and student of humanities myths. He is driven by offering his voice and presence to improve the lives of people all over the world and has led retreats and spoken at Masterminds internationally, teaching the art of polarity. He is an author of a book, Sex, Masculinity, and God. He's a creator of online courses, evolutionary men's work, and private mentorships. And Kevin teaches others how to create more impact and success, ignite polarity in relationships, and claim their kingdom. So I've known Kevin for many years now. I've coached with him many, many times. In his masterminds, in his one on one coaching programs, taking his online courses. He is a legend. He's a beautiful human. And today we're going to dive into the topic of divine union, the topic of claiming your kingdom and queendom and really preparing your heart, body, and soul for being able to meet your king, queen, beloved, so that you can be ready to wholeheartedly enter into divine partnership, divine union. So this is one of my favorite podcast episodes that we have recorded and there's so much juicy, juicy, juicy wisdom in here. So I'll leave Kevin links below so you can follow him and his work. He has an upcoming mentorship program called Union, which you can join to prepare yourself for this path of beloved partnership. And you can visit my work as well. I'll drop the links below um, if you're a woman to really anchor your body, heart and womb Into openness receptivity and love to prepare for the beloved so enjoy today's episode it's a good one let's dive in Mm, so i'm so excited to drop in today with you kev and like really open into this topic of divine union it's i don't know if it's just me and my personal experience or if it's the people that are in my field or if there's something happening like on a collective level but I feel like divine union is something that so many people are seeking right now. Are you, are you noticing that?
1: Totally. I mean, it's definitely in my field because I'm like speaking about it and working with people on it. But yeah, I do think there's a, there's a shift because my algorithm just throws me all the relationship stuff now. Cause you know, AI shit. So I see more and more people writing about that and sharing about that. And a lot of people like no more hookups, no more casual sex, you know, a lot of people doing celibacy or whatever, like, and everyone just wants that, like nobody wants just to like fuck around, you know?
0: Right. It's incredible. There's like a a shift in seasons for the collective that's happening on a relational level. And I'm curious to hear from you, like, why do you think that is? Why, why is everybody really wanting to anchor in and embody divine union at this time?
1: I think like, because we're in this information age where everything's accessible like we're flooded with information and and through dating apps and social media we're also flooded with potential mates so because of that like glut of just abundance like people are starting to release the scarcity around i need connection you know i need sex i need belonging so i'll just take what i can get and people are actually really wanting to design and create relationships now and even like older folks I, I work with or see that, you know, have been married for years or maybe are single, but older, even they're kind of like getting on board with the, you know, the more conscious community language of like, well, let me design a container let's set agreements. What are my desires? Like, what am I calling in? Like actually taking more responsibility for creating relationships because, yeah, a lot of people, I think, do that naturally with their career or their work. And they like put that in another box and the relationship's just like, well, I'm stuck with whoever for 20 years. It's like, you know, it's it's a complete revolution in human relating. And we spend so much time in relationship. I mean, our whole life, but with a beloved, you know, you spend a whole lot of time. So it should be getting as much attention as it deserves. And I think people are ready for that.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the phrase powerfully choosing is really coming through to me. It's like, like you said, a lot of people are really clear on what their path is. They've spent time traveling the world and they're like, this is my mission. This is my Dharma. And I'm going to devote myself to this. And then, and then people are taking that same level of of preparation and, and powerfully choosing for their partnership instead of just like landing in it and being like, oh, okay, this will do. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like there's something deeper as well with the desire for divine union, like the the embodiment of like the divine mother, divine father, divine child. Like there seems to be something deeper that's coming through in our consciousness that's also wanting us to anchor in divine partnership and utilize it to fuel our mission and to fuel our purpose.
1: Yeah, I mean, on the spiritual dimension and like what I really believe is I mean it depends on which like story you want to go into i i I like all of them i don't know that i know obviously i don't know what actually happened in the past but there's this idea that you know you go back to atlantis or lemuria or mu and these like ascended civilizations that apparently we came from and the cornerstone of that was divine union like like you said like embodying the heavenly father heavenly mother energy into that divine child and like this trinity it comes through in christianity as well it's in all you know religions that we have and they were the ultimate pillar of the community and the civilization they were the rulers and also the just like the the village was enlivened by that by sacred sexuality and like clean Very like godly, like spiritual energy through union and love, and then that spread to the children. So you didn't have trauma and like Mm -hmm. you know the all the issues that we have. And then one of the ideas is that there was this like hijacking or a fall from grace. You know, the fall from Eden or paradise, where you know this is when like we. I mean, I think there was a a matriarchy, and then it became a patriarchy, and both were imbalanced, right? Mm -hmm. And. That transition created a lot of things like jealousy, you know, the the abuse and suppression of the feminine, you know, infidelity and like all the things that have like accumulated and the, the core wounds of humanity around sexuality and relationships and marriage and all that and love. I think that was what we lost on some level. And that informed the entire collective. So we have to return to that. You know, like there's a lot of thinkers in the 60s and the counterculture and the cultural revolution, you know, like Malcolm X, Timothy Leary you know, even John Lennon, all these people spoke to if the women are traumatized, the children will be traumatized. Yeah. So it's completely traumatizing the society. And then when the men are traumatized, they can't rise up and protect the women and children. So then you have the traumatized state, you know, fucking up the generations of children, the bonds between men and women, which is the core cell of the community. Mm. So I think it, it goes deep into like, where evolution is at is humanity and how we're going to pull through into that more beautiful world our hearts know as possible and I think this is at the core of it which is why everyone's waking up to this and actually wanting to create it
0: mm-hmm. yeah I just got chills I just got chills when he said that I sort of see I sort of see the the couples that are in divine union and partnership like pillars within the community space and if if there's enough pillars of stability and love and devotion that really holds the container for the community itself right but if the energy is rogue and traumatized and leaky then then what's actually holding what's actually holding the community together right so it's like this this anchoring in of divine partnership is part of this new world this new earth this new paradigm that's coming forward and this is who's going to be holding that structure together
1: totally and this this is what we want to see like you see this with tribal people and indigenous people although they have their own shadows like they're not like some perfect noble savage or whatever this idea that sometimes we have as modern people but you know the iroquois the the shipibo the i mean i can think of a few others but they all have this structure where there is this beautiful union energy, even though they are very like polarized into masculine and feminine. So for example, I think in the Iroquois, you know, you have the chiefs and the male elders, the shamans and the chiefs, the warriors, and they can't go to war or make a big deal with another tribe without getting the approval of the grandmothers. So it's like, there's this beautiful co-creation where the, the village has a council of women, elder women, Um, You know the 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 shamanic class of women and the matriarchs, they have to give the blessing to the men in order to go to war or to make big decisions that affect the tribe. And and similarly, the the women go to the men when they need the boys initiated, or they need like a vision quest, or they need knowledge. You know the female mystics are working with the male mystics, and the female you know like dakinis are working with the male warriors. And there's that beautiful synergy that happens, and you know often they're they're partners as well, like the leaders. So that's the kind of dynamic we have to recreate. And it starts with like just ordinary men and women anchoring this frequency of like really powerful love and union space where there is that erotic innocence and the beauty and the oracle power of being a clear vessel. And this involves, you know, unpacking generations of trauma from our parents because horse yeah. Yeah. raids and abuse and domestic violence and just like all the heartache that's been passed down, like it stops with these generations. So that's what, that's what I really see happening.
0: Yes. Yes. So from what you're saying, it sounds like preparation for divine partnership and divine union is really clearing our own vessels and our own hearts from generational relational sexual trauma so that we're able to come into it with a clearer imprint and bring that clearer imprint into the container.
1: Yeah. And that's going to affect the children. And that also affects the community. Like you said, like Mm -hmm. the most powerful people that I trust are in deep partnership and union. And they're the best leaders, coaches, thinkers, speakers, and pillars of the community. Like you can go to them and rely on them to hold the community space when you need to move through energy or there's conflict or whatever. And this is also where men and women's circles come in. Like when the male leaders are in partnership and they're not in like, the sexual marketplace competing or like trying to one up each other in business when they actually form an alliance that forms this very safe place for the masculine energy to hold the community. And similarly with the women, you know, um, a lot of women who are single or very much in like the strong independent woman, like, subtle feminism like the negative side of that not the positive side mm-hmm. you know they create a lot of discord among the feminine and the tribe right i'll have a lot of clients that talk about the sister wound and how deep it goes and so similarly women in union and partnership or mothers i think some of the most powerful are actually mothers they are forming the women's circle and that alliance of the feminine and then when you have both online the community is just strengthened tenfold and mm-hmm. there's so much healing that can happen
0: hmm yeah so it's like when you say that i'm almost getting this vision of like the micro and the macro you have the divine union of the couple that are holding strong polarity and then they're also being charged by their sisters their brothers bringing that energy to the community like it sort of ripples out and also ripples up
1: yeah Holy it's a toroidal sister. quantum like
0: yeah container
1: for humanity and that's that's yeah. how we evolved in dunbar's number you know like our brain literally I mean I don't know if this is actually true like on a metaphysical level but you know Dunbar's number is fascinating because we live so long as hunter-gatherer bands and tribes we can only emotionally connect remember the faces of and have deep bonds with about 100 to 200 people depending on who you ask and so those pods of community naturally form Mm -hmm. and they're based in this frequency when they're really healthy
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm that's wild to think about a hundred people so when we think about like the internet space and the social media space and the thousands and thousands of people we're connected with it's really only a hundred people that we have the capacity to hold in our field. yeah so when i think about this you know i know that you're really into rites of passage right like having having spaces of like ceremonial transition from one part in your life to another part in your life so in addition to clearing trauma from your body and really coming in with a clear imprint what are some other things and this may be different for men and women but what are some other things that we can do to really do a rite of passage or a claiming to this new devotion to divine union how can we prepare for that
1: yeah i mean the traditional rite of passage for men and women is very different because for women it happens automatically through their first bleed and then pregnancy and motherhood so women transition from girl to woman through those processes now also women that are called to leadership or mystical arts or whatever like they need also additional ceremonies and transitions rituals to mark that passing from you know maiden mother and wise woman or whatever to priestess whatever archetype you're working with so for women that's definitely happening and i think a lot of women a big rite of passage i notice with clients is like I saw a beautiful quote someone was writing. It's like, you know, when a woman practices celibacy, which doesn't mean like no sex or no pleasure, it's just like, I will not allow an uninitiated man into my womb space. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Just so powerful. And I see this all the time with clients. You know, maybe they have lovers or boyfriends and it's casual and they're getting their sexual needs met. But as soon as they choose to stop accepting like fast food connection without fail, if they're doing their work, they will meet a, a, a beloved. And doesn't mean that that's going to be their lover for life or their beloved like divine partner, but the level changes and that completely changes the way they relate. And they can't go back after accessing that template. So I noticed that for the feminine a lot, you know, for men, the traditional rite of passage from boy to manhood is like the initiation ritual, which can look like ritual combat ordeal, you know, in nature, fasting, plant medicine, you know, aloneness, sun dancing, there's all these different ways that our ancestors did it. So that's really key but then once a man you know has some semblance of that you know if he's received some kind of initiation you know maybe he's doing men's work then it becomes as a man it's like you are the one initiating and pursuing the feminine so again if you are you know going through a bunch of casual hookups or you have lovers and you're just kind of like getting your sexual needs met and exploring that's beautiful but at some point a man has to go through another initiation where he only wants to be with queens he only fucks with queens And then that is the choosing process of like holding his energy. And usually this involves, you know, decoupling from pornography, decoupling from other male friends that see women as objects, you know, getting really on his mission and probably also learning semen retention or learning how to circulate his vital force. And then he's only going to pursue and court a powerful woman and choose her as opposed to just, you know, either be trying to be chosen or letting that process happen on its own. Mm -hmm. So there is a very intentional space. I see with men I work with where similar process, it often involves like stopping the negative patterns of dating and then being like, I'm here to find like the mother of my children. Mm -hmm. And that's my, that's my North star.
0: Yes. I only fuck with Queens. We should make a (laughs) t-shirt that says that. I love that. Even just, I think even just outside of rituals and ceremonies, even just claiming that saying like, I am looking for the mother of my children. I am looking for my queen. I am looking for my king changes everything. It like reorients your vantage point. It reorients how you see people and the values that you want them to embody and how you wanna be met by them as well. So just claiming that is so powerful.
1: Yeah, because it's gonna change everything around relating. And most people I see, like. they're struggling with like, oh, like I keep attracting narcissists or abusive, toxic relationships or codependency. And that's because they're allowing it on some level. Right. They right. see the red flags and they're like, well, I'm getting my needs met in other areas. So, all right. Yes. Yeah. And they're allowing that and like, or they start dating someone and they immediately feel something's off and there's incompatibility, but they still go through with it and become intimate with them and physical. And it just, it it's hard to outthink your bonding hormones and your physiology. So you do have to like harness that. And like you said, when you claim and choose a different way, it changes the way you relate to everyone. Mm
0: -hmm. And would you say that the way that we're choosing is by who we're sharing our sexuality with and sharing our intimacy with?
1: I mean, that's the biggest one, right? Because it's not just that, but that's like kind of the big energetic. Like, for example, if you're like, all right, I want to I'm only here for courtship. I want to find my king. But then you're still having sex with like your side piece because you're like, <laughs> well, I still want this though. It's yeah. like, would your king want to be with you if that was the right. case? Right. It's like, are you are you just holding out for him? But right. then you're still playing out the old pattern. Yeah. So who you share sexual energy with is everything. And you yeah. know, some of these uh, female coaches that I follow, like. I love the way they term it, you know, and it triggers some people, but when a man is inside you as a woman, you know, his creative energy, it's literally energy that creates humans. And obviously, you know, birth control and everything and all the different ways, like you're not going to create a baby if you're smart, but it's still creating, Totally. he's planting seed and energy. So if you're not intentional with what that is, as the woman, as the vessel of of creation, the creatrix, the womb, what are you going to create? And this is where it creates these toxic patterns and relationships, even with all the conscious language and intention and spirituality, that's the the reality of it. And I look back at my own life and I'm not saying people shouldn't date around and explore and experiment. That's a healthy part of like being in your twenties and maybe thirties, depending on where you are, but just know that you're still creating. Mm -hmm. And so those intentional, you know, you can create business or creativity or art with that. You can create healing and, and, you know, miracles or you can create trauma, codependency, emotional blockages, the narcissist empath dynamic. And I think a lot of people, like, because sex is such a vital need, right? Like, they're getting sexuality and getting desire met. And that's enough for them to kind of accept and turn a blind eye to all right. the negative stuff it's creating, too, usually right. emotionally.
0: Right. Yeah, it's sort of like going back to that junk food philosophy, right? Like if you've got your side piece, like if you're just like munching on chicken nuggets over here, where's your yearning and your hunger coming from to have the steak, to have that gourmet meal, right? You, it's important for us to cultivate and develop that yearning for it, right? We need to yearn for it. And that yearning is part of what calls it in versus like, if we're just like munching a little over here and munching a little over there, then we never really get to touch our yearning inside because we're we're nibbling a little bit
1: totally yeah
0: and i love what you're saying too and and most people aren't aren't in tune with the power of their sexual energy right so most people can say like oh well i'll just have sex with no strings attached while i'm looking for my beloved and it's like what does that even mean right no strings attached you're you're, you're, you're merging heart, body, mind, spirit, energy fields with someone when you engage sexually. Even if you try to close off energetically, there's still such a deep connection. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult to to not have attachments if you're sharing your sexuality with someone.
1: It's really uh, impossible, actually. Like it forms a bond physiologically, hormonally. Mm-hmm. And energetically, there's there's energetic, emotional... You know, energetics that happen and spiritual cords and attachments and all these things that come in. And you know that's fine if you're able to manage it and and you know understand how to navigate that field. but it's a lot, you know, and especially I think people that have multiple partners or dating multiple people and being intimate with them, now you're just like their wires are crossed everywhere. and it's oh, just it's I a lot that. of management. And yeah. I have seen people that seem to do pretty well with that vast majority it's not what they want especially for women men can psychologically turn it off easier because men are wired on a primal level which we're not just animals but to like spread their seed and have multiple partners women it's it's harder because a woman's sexuality opens through her heart and emotional bonding and you you have bandwidth you can't emotionally bond deeply with multiple men you just can't you can but it won't be at the like union frequency it'll be more like. Distributed, which again, if that's for you, awesome. I think a lot of women have tried that or preached that, but then the reality behind closed doors when I do sessions or something, they're yearning for just deep devotion. Mm-hmm. And devotion is not that chicken nugget fast food. It's deep, no. it's all in, <laughs> it's claiming, it's commitment. It's a, it's a 64 ounce rare filet mignon, grass fed, yeah. wagyu steak. You know, it's not junk food.
0: Totally, totally, totally. Yeah, and I love that you mentioned like this period of celibacy. I mean, that word doesn't really resonate with me because like you said, you can still be running a lot of erotic energy through your body and still be in a state of pleasure while your temple doors are closed. But having that reset, so like you're clearing your arc lines, you're clearing your energetic field, you're clearing your patterns, you're clearing your imprints so that when you do step back out, for that divine partnership that you're seeking you're clear right you're not coming in with like these 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 little um landmines in your fields right
1: yeah and and you're also not wasting a lot of time and energy and attention yeah i mean we have important shit to do here if you're wasting a lot of energy because relating is a lot of work like people people don't realize how much time they spend texting or calling or okay. thinking or yearning or, you know, it's a lot of energy and, and nobody got time for that.
0: Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I know for myself, I've definitely had periods of, of, you know, that it's like that dopamine and that it brings into your body. Sometimes that chaos feels really good. Right. But like you said, like if the vision is for creating, creating a legacy with someone and anchoring in union, you're gonna to need to show up full and resourced for that devotion. It's the only way. Mm-hmm. So when we think of the terms king and queen, like I wanna unpack that a little bit because I know that there's a lot of crossover between like king and queen, creating legacy, creating divine union. Mm-hmm. What, is, what does it truly mean for you? Like calling in your queen, calling in your king, how is that different than just being out there in the
1: field? Being queen energy is about sovereignty, which means consciously choosing your environment and you're the, the thermostat, not the thermometer. So you're setting the field and training others how to treat you. And that involves your business, your sexuality, your emotions, your community, instead of being a thermometer where you're getting programmed by the field and just picking up what's there. So that's the difference between like prince, princess and king, queen um, archetypally. And obviously, like king and queen don't come fully online, I believe, until you're like well into your 40s, 50s, 60s, probably parents. So it is a journey. You know, there's early, middle and late princess or prince. People don't like these words because of Disney or some people are like, that's patriarchy and like royalty. Like that's the elites, king and queen, whatever. Choose your choose your fucking word, like whatever. It's semantics ultimately. But the energies are real. So. You know, when you're questing as like a knight or a prince as a man, you're going to want those damsels and maidens. You want that young erotic energy, the innocence, that beauty, and that's beautiful, but that's not queen energy. So a woman who knows what she wants and she's like, you know, like you said, my temple doors are closed until it's a man of of stature and power and had vision and he wants to have kids and he wants to go all in. He wants commitment. It's very different. And so you will not be able to attract those women. And you will not be able in relationship with those women if you're in that mindset as a man. So you need to then step into king energy or on the path of it by setting boundaries. What does the masculine spirit of logos do? It sets boundaries. It contains, it has vision, and it penetrates the field with his mind and heart. So that has to happen in your business. That has to happen with your body and your energetic field. And then you will be a match for that queen energy, Mm -hmm. right? And it's similar as a woman. If you are allowing a lot of, you know, that uninitiated male energy or the boy prince energy in, again, very fun, you know, erotic, lively, fun, adventurous. And that's great for a time. But at some point, you'll have to step into queen and be like, this is my queendom. Here are my boundaries. Here are my desires. Here's my longing for devotion. Mm -hmm. Nothing else is allowed in that field. And then you'll be a match for a man that's of a similar mindset and then you can enter courtship as opposed to dating or hooking up yeah. so courtship is very different it's like we're doing this slow dance together of discernment and devotion we're not here to just jump into bed or just form a situationship you know we're here to build
0: yeah yeah tell me more about that the difference between dating and courtship
1: i mean dating is more of for me about preferences and experimentation and exploration so if you don't know what you want, you haven't tasted or felt into all the different flavors of masculine and feminine, or you're in a life stage where, you know, you're traveling a lot, whether around the world or traveling in your community and just meeting people like that's beautiful. And you can date and dating's really good to alchemize wounds, to explore your desires and kinks, to, you know, form bonds that will teach you a lot, but make no mistake, like just that dating mindset, like, oh yeah, what are we? It's like, Oh, we're just dating, you know, like I don't yeah. want to be exclusive or if even if you are exclusive, it's like, well, like I don't really know what I want with my life. I may change everything next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That energy isn't stable. There's not a foundation Yeah. now dating can evolve into courtship on its own, but courtship is much more intentional. It's about discernment. It's like, I want to lay the cornerstone. I want to, I want to plant roots. I want to form a foundation to build a powerful relationship mm-hmm. and, When you're in a courtship mode you probably will be practicing some form of celibacy or like divine holding i think celibacy has a negative connotation for me too because of religion and christianity but you can be self-sourced self-pleasuring in erotic power but not just like having sex with any or everyone yeah when you're in a courtship phase because you're in a discernment moving towards a goal you have a north star and then when your partner is is meeting you in that, you can team up. Mm. Whereas in dating, it's just kind of like, oh, like we're just kind of in this situation together. Right. You may have yeah. completely different goals and vision. <laughs> like she secretly wants courtship. She's like, I wish you would claim me. I want a king. And he's like, this relationship will probably end in six months. And it's not spoken. You know, I see this right. all the time with people dating
0: right 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 yeah so it sounds like what you're saying in courtship both partners are coming to it or both both people are coming to it with this shared intention to right. get their devotional partnership together and they're both very clear on that it doesn't it doesn't like start off as dating and then they're both like maybe we should step into courtship now and be each other's person it's it, it sounds like it's starting off more intentional than that
1: That's the ideal scenario, but often it does happen that way where dating turns into courtship. I mean, it's happened to me in in my current relationship. Like I wasn't, I mean, I knew I wanted that, but I wasn't necessarily practicing courtship. But as we started dating early on, it quickly awakened into, oh shit, this is not just like, and so then it changed. And the way you change it is just being in truth and transparency. So Mm -hmm. from the jump, from the beginning, you state exactly what you want, where you're at, how you're feeling. And then you can meet in that and then begin courting. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I really, you know, trust that for most people, I think 90%, 80%, the masculine is going to initiate and lead the courtship, which is very powerful. Um, I think it's possible that sometimes the feminine can lead and initiate the courtship, but that's just, you know, that that's not the norm I find. And this is very important because a lot of men, people pleaser or afraid of being the, the bad guy, They're afraid to set boundaries and be very like firm with what they want for fear of being rejected by the feminine. And so this is what, you know, I see with a lot of men I work with how they have to like, really like sack up and be like, Hey, this is what I want. I'm going to lead this. I want you to be in my world. And here's where we're going together. And and many women, if they're compatible, like that will melt them. That is like the juiciest, most Mm -hmm. Epic thing. Mm -hmm. And um, similarly with women, you know, you have to get rid of like your own people pleaser or maiden or fawning response where you just want to like keep the peace and you don't want to upset the man for fear of rejection yourself or, you know, whatever. And you have to stand in your desire and that fire because it, it, it can burn. Like the passion and desire is hot. It's flat flame and you have to tend it together mm-hmm. instead of letting it just go all over the place.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is why that containment is so important. And this is what you're saying here is like what brings back that abundance mindset piece of really, we need to have an abundance mindset embodied as truth so that we can hold boundaries because it's this or something better, right? It's not like the person who's in front of me, they're epic, they're amazing. So I have to shapeshift and tap dance to make this work. If you believe in an, an abundance of potential partners out there for you, it's easier to set those lines. It's easier to hold the boundaries.
1: Totally. And then you're not going to make poor decisions based on scarcity. Well, if I don't say yes to this, you know, he's calling me at 1am for a booty call. Like, well, I'll do it because there may not be anyone else ever. You know, it's like, no, if you truly believe and you have to really go on that self-love journey. Well, as well, and that self-worth, because if you believe you're worth it and you're valuable, you know, there's 8 billion humans, which means there's about 4 billion women or 4 billion men out there. You're not in scarcity yeah, at all.
0: To choose from. Yeah. 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 I love that you brought in the word worthiness because that that to me, that's how I really view this evolution into that next level of development and partnership is really owning and embodying your sense of worthiness and deservedness. And you know, so many of us are core, especially as women, is we want to be chosen, right? We want to be chosen. The man wants to choose and ultimately. If we're seeking that feeling of being chosen through partnership, but we haven't yet chosen ourselves by holding incredible boundaries, holding integrity, holding vision, then we're never gonna feel chosen by our partner, right? If we haven't like fully, fully chosen ourselves. And that's why I think these periods of closing the temple doors, getting clear on what you want is really important, because you're essentially saying like, this is what I choose. I choose this, I choose this vision and nothing less
1: yeah and that that process is a deep inner alchemy it also helps to have like those powerful brothers and sisters around you like you can't do it alone you need to have mirrors around you and non-romantic friendships and allyships that can hold you in that like cooking and you also got to get out there you know there's a there's something to be said like sometimes you need to go hermit you know go celibate whatever <laughs> yeah and like just be in your own space for a time for healing for insight but at some point, even if you're in that space and you're turned on and alive, you need to be out there. You need to be okay. consistently visible and available for connection because how else are you going to meet the person? You know, I, I, I work, I mean, I think women do this more often, but I work with people where they're like, I've been manifesting my King and just like, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's not mm-hmm. coming. And I'm like, well, do you go out? It's like, oh no, I thought he would just find me magically. Just like, appear on my
0: doorstep.
1: Yeah. And that's one of those deep programs of like the knight in shining armor coming and rescuing you. So that's, that's a whole paradigm and program that has been drilled into us through Disney and mythology. And there's some beauty in that because there's a positive angle, but in a world where, you know, through your device here, you have access to billions of people. And not to mention, even if you live in small town, middle of nowhere, somebody's doing some event that's like exciting wellness, community-based, whatever evolutionary and those are where you're going to find your people. So you do have to also be in the world practicing this. Totally.
0: Yeah. You don't want to be like Rapunzel up in the up in the up in the 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 high tower, right? Just like looking out the window just with your long hair waiting for someone to come and climb up. I sort of like the analogy that I see when I think of closing the temple doors is it's like there's many layers of our experience and there's the throne room, right? And those are the temple doors that are being closed and reserved for divine union. But then you open the doors, you step out into the courtyard, right? And you dance and, you know, you go into the river and you, you be amongst the people. And then it's from there that you choose who's actually coming into the temple with you.
1: Yeah, I love that metaphor.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're not just waiting for someone to just like come and knock in. Yeah, if you're open to it, right, Kev, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your relationship, this divine union partnership that you're in, and what makes it different than other partnerships, and and how you're showing up differently as a man in this partnership.
1: Yeah, happy to share. I mean, it's something I've been reflecting on more and more because we've been together two years now almost, and. It's funny, because I see people when I'm sharing about this online or writing or doing videos, it's like, I've been married 20 years It's like, good luck feeling that way, you know, five years, Uh, like all these stories people have about what divine partnership or union even is. And, you know, fair enough, like, I'm willing to bow to my elders and be like, yeah, I don't know shit, like you have kids, and you've been together 30 years, like, I want to learn. But I also think it's funny how negative people view this because of the history of divorce and like, all the things. And I don't think you need to be a pro because you can, like from a longevity standpoint, you can access that frequency. And I've accessed it myself through, you know, this ecstasy of love and devotion and surrender and just the ugly vulnerability. And like, like it, it's it, it's beyond human concept. So I think any, everyone and anyone can access it because it's our birthright. And I do feel as if I was in that union frequency on and off with past partners, the main difference with this one people don't like to hear this, but it's compatibility. Like from the jump, our value system, our emotions, our desire, our psychology, our goals was completely compatible. Mm -hmm. And this is where like, when you speak to couples that are happy and been together for a long time, the love at first sight thing is real. Mm -hmm. It's not like they dated for six months and they're like, yeah, I wasn't feeling it, but now I'll choose you and (laughs) go all in. It's there from the beginning. And it may get louder. It may be very quiet, but this is a very common pattern. And I definitely felt it. It was like, this feels different immediately. And I felt that before, but then quickly, even though I thought maybe this could be the one, the the like red flags and the the incompatibilities emerged. And I just kind of like, no, I don't want to look at that. Like let's focus yeah. on all the good and like build that. And that's beautiful. But in this relationship, I can truly say, like I'm just like in awe, like thanking God every day for the compatibility and love available in the devotion. And also, you know, us being from different cultures, you know, I'm from Texas, she's from Lithuania, like the polarity is unlike anything I've experienced. And I've been like teaching polarity for years and studying it. It's so naturally masculine and feminine in a symbiotic way that it completely is rewriting my own patterns of like, oh, this is how I show up. This is how she shows up that I played out in other relationships but to be fair in those other relationships they were all of a similar culture you know in an english speaking country western country and i think this is a this is a real thing i have several friends who are dating you know other culture you know whether they're europeans or asians or whatever or latino like the the difference is there and there's different flavors of polarity so for me i'm not saying this for everyone that works really well and i'm so grateful for that and you know, we also have a lot of structure. We're both teaching sexuality, intimacy, right. and right. relationship work. So we're kind of blessed and challenged by that. Yeah. But we have agreements. We have a container. We have goals and rules and rituals. Mm-hmm. So we have connection rituals. We have date nights and like um, space together, sacred space. We also have check ins and like relationship structuring meetings. Um, we also have shared goals. We also are well resourced and the men and women in our community and choose to spend time with other couples that are in a union frequency Mm. so all of that is supporting our like garden where you know everything can bloom you know and it's still early on the journey you know we faced multiple challenges and i'm sure many will come but we're both clear on what we want and therefore like it's the best relationship i've ever had now again i'll go back to because of the core compatibility you cannot outwork biology and wounds mismatching so like pheromones sexuality just the pure physical fertility like dna attraction must be there you cannot change that through like a bunch of retreats and therapy right like you have to just recognize that that's a thing and then also like there's all the other stuff like music food tastes artistic like emotional psychological like quirks like that that's a bonus i don't think that has to be there because you can be very different in that and still have that other type of compatibility and be good to go but we've been blessed that we have both you know so i've been very blessed and i don't pretend to like tell people that like you need all that um and i'm sure i'll change the way i speak about this in years from now on podcasts because it'll be a different set of learnings
0: and yeah. so,
1: Yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell.
0: Fuck yeah, celebrating you, celebrating you both for creating this and knowing from the beginning that there was a divine spark there, but just allowing it to unfold into something even deeper. And I think it's great that you both do this work individually and also together. So you both have the framework, the communication, the languaging, like the perspective to really hold the container.
1: Definitely helps.
0: What I'm curious, like, what shifts have you noticed in her and your beloved as you've stepped into deeper devotion and union? How have you noticed her as a a woman evolve and shift in your container?
1: I mean, she was very feminine and just like radiant when I met her. But I can honestly say like it's become more so, even, even physically. Like, you know, the Taoists talk about this and some of the, you know, yogic tantras Like literally when you're with a partner and you're practicing sexual alchemy and in devotion, your body changes. Mm -hmm. And this is also proven by science, your hormonal levels and your physicality. Like you literally become more attractive to each other and physically. And so like that has literally happened. Like when we look back at pictures of when we met versus now, like it's like that journey lyric where it's like the, the woman in you brings out the man in me. It's like, we literally have physically and like energetically become more masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. which to me is like just God's grace. Like it's designed this way. Mm-hmm. Um, but for her, I've noticed, you know, her devotion to me and also to her work has deepened so much. Mm-hmm. Her ability to surrender and move through emotion and like just the safety, the safety of being claimed and committed in a partnership allows her to move emotion so quickly and also so deeply. Right. And she doesn't have to self betray or outsource that because our container is a safe place. Not that I do everything for her, not at all. And I'm not her therapist or father, but we can hold each other so powerfully and get outside support. And I've just watched her soften and surrender so much. I've also seen, you know, her, her like, uh, nurturing, like, you know, the, the mother archetype and like that part of her that wants to care for our space and our community and each other just explode you know and i know you know i do want to have children but not right now but that energy is so present and that definitely has shifted since we've met since we've deepened
0: mm-hmm. mother energy
1: why so we might have to get a dog and we have tons of plants
0: <laughs> yeah start small i love that and what about yourself what shifts have you noticed in yourself after stepping into and devoting to union with her
1: I mean, got a confession to make. I'm on PEDs, performance enhancing drugs, because that's what the union energy is. It literally makes me better at everything. It makes me better at speaking, coaching, yeah. facilitating. It makes me a better man. It makes me a stronger support for my brothers and just helps me like stay focused on what's important. Cause when you're single as a man, you know, it it can be kind of chaotic. You can do whatever the fuck you want. And just, you know, even though I was always committed to my purpose and vision. Now it's much more tangible. Like I'll never forget uh, a Kogi elder, a mama was speaking to my brother and he was like, he was like, brother, you you have no home. Where are your roots? You're you're all over the place. And then he was married. This was like at a ceremony or something. And he's like, look at her. That's your home. Those are your roots. And that's what like, I'm starting to experience is the feminine is literally the divine mother, which is earth energy. It's like, She also has the spiritual energy of the heavenly mother, but females in human form are literally the portal of life. They are pure mana earth energy and the masculine, you know, we can go off into the cave and into the experience of just like all out here, like etheric, spiritual mental, but when you're in devotion to a woman, and I've seen this in myself, you're like, you're here. It's grounding. You're like, all right, legacy, building, structure, kingdom, like let's handle all the 3d shit. That us in the you know spiritual community sometimes we can bypass and just be like oh no it's all just all this (laughs) you know it's like no no no, it's here it's now it's very grounding and that's been really healthy for me as someone who's been nomadic traveling for years as very like visionary and philosophic it's helped me just like root in to where you know like simple things I never thought I would enjoy from like growing up and hating being in suburban Texas and like mowing grass and doing shit around the house like i hated that i was like no i'm gonna i'm gonna be a millionaire and pay people to do that and just travel and you know all this like fantastical bullshit and now i love it like it's like yes like
0: you're mowing your grass very water
1: like simple shit like mowing the lawn caring for the Mm -hmm. home taking out the trash like Mm -hmm. simple basic home shit has taken on a new meaning for me in devotion Mm -hmm. that obviously extends all the way up to like you know, my mission business and like values for our relationship and my community, which we're a part of. So it's really amazing. Like all the things we didn't like about our parents, even though they may not even known of all this language we're talking about, that's what they were holding and showing us. And they're doing the best they could, even though, you know, they had, you know, their share of fuck ups, I'm sure. That is something I'm starting to actually realize. It's like, I don't know if you can do that outside of relationship. I know some people are called not to be in partnership and not to have children. And traditionally these were people in like more of a shamanic or artistic class where their energy is solely for helping the collective and they actually need to be on their own. Not that they don't have lovers or whatever, but they don't have children and they don't enter this kind of frequency. But I think for most humans, this is the path. And even if you don't want it right now, you might one day. So it's important to like develop that knowing.
0: Mm. Mm. Just everything you just said, even just receiving what you're saying, just like it just feel like my whole body and nervous system just be at ease in that feeling of, of rootedness and homesteading and provision and simplicity. Like you said, chop wood, carry water, simplicity. And that removing of chaotic energy, how much more life force That gives you to serve your mission, to serve your community, to serve each other, to serve yourself, right? It's just like, as you're saying that, I just get this feeling of like, this refinement of life force coming through. Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Heaven on earth. That's the goal. Mm. Mm. So as we wind down here, Kev, with this beautiful convo, is there, are there any final nuggets or transmissions or pieces that you wanna share around divine union and preparing for choosing?
1: Yeah, I will say that there's kind of two paths that I traveled and I noticed with people I'm working with that you can choose and they both set you up for success, but they both come with challenges and blessings. One path is, I mean, there's obviously a huge gray area, but these are the extremes. One path is celibacy or closing the temple doors, as you've said. Where you basically just cut off all connection, especially sexually, that's not serving you. And, you know, John Wineland and a lot of these amazing teachers talk about a masculine or feminine fast or cleanse where, you know, you might need to go through this process. And I've kind of broken it down into a few steps where the first process is like, stop hooking up, stop having sex. And if you're a man, like stop ejaculating to like porn or whatever. If you're a woman, like maybe stop using vibrators or having negative sexual habits and obviously, you stop being with fuck boys.
0: <laughs> but
1: then you need to go to forgiveness. As you contain your energy and go solo and go within and get support, maybe you need a coach, a therapist, a mentor, maybe you need somatic healing, Maybe you need to change your diet and lifestyle, whatever. But as you go within, you go to forgiveness. You might need to write letters of forgiveness to past partners because all that ex lover partner energy, I see this especially people who get divorced and have kids. There's so much resentment and like stuck energy. That's a big part of that process to clear the field and come back to peace yeah. and love and acceptance. And you have to do that. Yeah. And then you need to shift your focus to what you want. Some people can't actually access their desire. You need to make, you know, I, I recommend two lists. One is an inventory, everything you want in a partner, shoot for the stars. Don't like, like, oh, well, there's no one. There's, people always say like, well, there's there's no one that even exists like this. It's mm, funny. It's like me having done that list and then meeting my partner, it exceeds the list. Shit I didn't even know I wanted is there. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you. It's real and it works. So you have to make that. You also need to write a love letter. And it's less about like an inventory. It's more about this is how I feel. This is my yearning and desire and longing for the beloved. And like those practices are super powerful once you've cleared to point you in the right direction. Mm. And then you need to get out there. If you want to be courted, if you want that kind of love, you need to be visible in your community. You need to be consistently showing up and you need to be well resourced in the men and women of your community, depending on what circle you need. So that's kind of like that simple three-step process. You can do that the whole time. Completely abstinent, no, no sex, no, you know, whatever. Or you can go, you know, that's more I call it stopping the wheel. So you stop the wheel of karma and you withhold your energy and like hold the vision for the beloved. You can also surf the wheel. And this one is I I think a little harder for people because of attachments and connections. But if you still want to connect with people and you still want to take on lovers, But you know they're not your beloved, right? Mm -hmm. On some level. And you maybe both know that. If you enter that space from a place of setting the container and leading from the masculine as the feminine stating boundaries and holding desire and surrender, and truth is at the center and you're truly honest about where you're both at, you can still connect sexually, emotionally, go very deep, alchemize big things, experience healing and miracles. But then just know that like you're both in service to each other and loving each other but it's for a season and you're both looking for your partners and i've had these experiences and they're very sacred but very brutal like emotionally it's just brutal especially for the feminine but for the masculine too i mean you can do you know. that
0: what's brutal about it
1: it's just when you bond so deeply and you're vulnerable knowing that it will end and then when it does end it's just it's it hurts it's mm-hmm. very painful and it doesn't have to be a bad kind of pain, like, oh, I'm traumatized. It can be beautiful, especially if there's aftercare and, and love for each other and compassion and you and you do that. But I mean, I, I I can't say that I've done it the best I could. Like there was still like aftermath or like, oh, like, you know, this wasn't as good as it could have been. So I don't I don't often recommend that. Mm-hmm. But people who are very advanced or tantric or am- amazing communicators, that's definitely a way where there's a sense in that, and this is always happening, right? We've had so many partners in our life. Each partner is preparing you for the beloved, preparing you for the God and goddess. So if you go into that intentionally, that can be very powerful. And I think that appeals to people who maybe they just don't want to be abstinent or celibate or whatever, and that's fine. And you can still move in the direction of the beloved, still using those steps I laid out, but then having a partner or a, a lover that's supporting that process and that's clear and there's not deception and weird mismatch of expectations. That's the big piece there that makes it work.
0: Yes. Like you said, that's a very advanced practice and yeah, very, you'd have to be really going into that with such clarity that this is not your person, but they can help really forge you and, you know, dissolve things and you're being embodied to prepare you for the beloved it feels like a game show it's like behind door number one we've got uh <laughs> stopping the wheel behind door number two we've got surfing the wheel pick your pick your adventure
1: yeah and then there's everything in between of course those are yeah. just like painting the clear opposites yeah but there's so much in between and i think most people live in that gray area obviously mm-hmm. um it's also nice to have options. If if like celibacy was the only way, most people would rebel against it and be like, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, what I notice in myself, this is how I met my partner and how I see a lot of people I'm working with that are really doing the work. They wanna surf the wheel, but they end up stopping it because that is a natural evolution as maturity and discernment increase. And that's just a pattern, an observation. I don't know if that's true wow. or that's true for everyone, but it's interesting.
0: Yes, yes. And yeah, this is where those tantric practices of circulating erotic energy and really knowing how to stay erotically embodied and in a vibration of pleasure is really important if you're choosing to stop the wheel so that you're not in a space of starvation and disconnection from your sexual energy and then going out to the world like hungry you know you've got to be really still moving that through your body and i love 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 these practices that you mentioned kev of the forgiveness letter right i think of like the hoponomo prayer like really anchoring that in so that we're not projecting those wounds onto our our next partner and then the love letter you know tapping into that space space of yearning and devotion and i'm curious um did you write one before before meeting your beloved did you did you do that yeah and did you share I
1: did, that? I did I did both. And, you know, my inventory list was like stacked. with just like <laughs> goddess, queen, priestess, you know, yearning. And then the love letter, you know, that one is, comes easier to me, actually. It was harder to nail down what I want because I'm like a poet. So writing the love letter is easy. And it's just like, let it rip, like roomy, just like a, a letter to the beloved, to God. And like, this is what I want. This is how I feel. And that part's always come easy to me which I know is hard for some people, like the romantic part, you know, like I'm Virgo Libra with a, you know, Scorpio Venus. And all. so like that stuff comes easy. Like I've always been romantic and in that like idealization vision, which can also be a, a trap. But for <laughs> me, the harder part was nailing down. This is exactly what I want. Yeah. This is the kind of feminine being I want. And comparing that list, which I have now, and then some, to past partners where i went in, you know, years deep, where i thought, you know, this could be the one and let's work through it even though there were a lot of warning signs like, eh, this may not be it. I was I was sacrificing so many of these because mm-hmm. i was getting other needs met. And that was, you know, a painful journey in my own story that i think everyone has their version of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And at what point did you do you show the letters to each other in your partnership?
1: I mean, pretty early on, we talked about it because that's, well, that's one thing. Like we're both such truthful communicators and like, we've even done our human design, like sinistry, where like, we complete a lot of each other's channels and are literally like mirrors in human design for how we, so it's like, we have some crazy compatible shit, but early on, we already like, you know, in the first few weeks and months, we already were sharing, like, I mean, we didn't like read the letter to each other, but we were sharing all the stuff. And like, holy shit, like you said that, like, this is crazy. Like, this is exactly, and I see this not all the time, but I'd say 51% of the time when partners meet and there's like the spark and it pops off when, if they have done this practice, like I've, I've seen couples and immersions, like just break down crying when their partner is like, here's what I was writing like six months before Mm -hmm. I met you. And the other person's like, that's literally me. Like, how did you even know that? So this, this is a form of magic and and it really works. And The hardest part is just getting fucking real with it and writing that down and claiming it because some people like they say they want this kind of experience but when it gets down to it they're actually afraid to to really want it and claim that they want it because they're so afraid that they can't have it i see this so much and that's its own you know very tender process yeah Especially if they've been burned a lot in past relationships.
0: Yeah. Well, then that's why like the forgiveness piece is so important before writing the letter and having that viewpoint of abundance and worthiness as the foundation so that when it does arrive, because it's one thing to write about it, but when it does arrive, it's another thing to receive it and claim it and let it in. And that needs to be built on a deep foundation of worthiness so that we're not sabotaging it from the shadow. 100%.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mmm, such good stuff, such good stuff. I'm excited to re-listen to this and, and just receive the transmission again. Thank you so much, Kev, for your wisdom and your guidance and your devotion to this path. Really appreciate you for sharing today. And I know you've got um, a container called Union. I'd love for you to share a little bit about that or anything else that you've got going on that you want to share here.
1: Yeah, I'm so grateful for you, Holly. Always love our discussions. Yeah. Um, And I'm actually really grateful in this moment, like even hearing myself share some of this, you know, I didn't prepare. I'm just, yeah, this is where I want to go with my work. And so I'm so grateful for this opportunity to like in real time, share some of this stuff because it's stuff I think about and write, but I haven't shared as much in my online channels. And that's what union is about. You know, I'm just teasing it right now. I've only talked about it in a few stories but union is like where I'm going with my work where I want to coach and support men and women with this kind of work. Cause a lot of my work, like primal polarity and what I've done with the polarity dojo is much more like the entry one-on-one, like, all right, dating, like here's life hacks and masculine feminine polarity stuff for like exploring. And that stuff's great. And people love that, but I actually want to move away from that. I'll still do that. But my like core clients, this is what I want to do. So union is like a four month, like deep dive mentorship where we're anchoring this frequency together. And, you know, four months is, seems like a long time, but it's really just a little runway to set you up for success. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's what that is. And, you know, I'm just taking three people into it first to almost beta tests, where I'm just gonna over deliver and give all of it. And then from their experience, I'll refine it probably into a group program, but it may stay just a one-on-one deep dive. So that's kind of the next thing I'm doing. Um, I also am planning on running a more in-person events. So I envision, which sad to have missed you there, but at the humans, I trust stage shout out to, to Jenny and that crew, I ran a polarity speed dating workshop that was, was packed at like over a hundred people. And I want to bring that to Austin. So, and, yeah. and other events. So that. that's a really fun space where I get to be in my like matchmaker talk yeah. show host, comedy, deep tantric facilitation of i want to do this online too i'm just figuring out how to do it logistically where people can be one-on-one and in a group space on like a zoom call or whatever but that's a powerful space i want to create where you know instead of like a cheesy blind date or speed dating where it's like kind of basic like this is like you can go really deep and be vulnerable and have a lot of fun with community and it's it's crazy like the times i've run this i, I ran it back in san diego back in the day I ran it at Totality Festival like two years ago in California and I ran it at Envision to this day from all those events, and maybe there's like seven total over six or seven years. People still message me to this day and they're like, I met my partner at your event, and like it was fucking crazy. We're still together. Or like, you know, I met my partner, we went deep for two years, we just broke up, but I just want to thank you because it was like the most healing relationship. It's it's it really works, it's crazy. I love and it. People just need the excuse because obviously everyone is is like seeking and wants to be loved mm-hmm. and be loved. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just need that intentional space where like, hey, here's a permission slip to play all out and like go up to her. You're attracted to her. Go ask her out and use this workshop as that jump off point. And it's just amazing when you give people that space, what happens.
0: I love that. I love that. And that's a polarity speed dating.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not really speed dating. It's more of like a, it's like a deep dive immersion, but slow
0: dating. Call it
1: speed dating because that's what people click on and want yeah, that's it. what
0: people want. Yeah. Give
1: the people what they want. Give
0: the people what they want. and
1: Serve okay. them what they need.
0: I love it. So then you, you've got it all set up, Kev. You've got the speed dating where the people meet. Then you guide them into the polarity, and then when they're ready, you guide them into anchoring and divine union and partnership.
1: That's right. And eventually, it's not happening yet, but I will tease Orica, my partner and I um will be doing like high level couples immersions as well in mm-hmm.
0: person. Yeah. So this is
1: more like even beyond the union program, like couples that want to go deep and like maybe they have like a ton of business success and they're like leaders, entrepreneurs, maybe even parents. But they haven't spent as much time in the union frequency space of structuring the relationship, practicing really high level polarity and tantric alchemy that's what i'm really excited for and that's going to be happening soon
0: i love that i love that you've laid down the whole path for people the journey i love that yeah excited to continue seeing where you go and unfold and so excited to meet your beloved in person Mm.
1: yeah can't wait Yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Kev, for dropping in today. Gold and magic, as always. Such a beautiful transmission. I know people are going to get so much from this. And uh, of course, I'll leave your links below so people can connect with you and learn more about your your programs and offerings.
1: Beautiful, Holly. So grateful for you. Have a beautiful Pura Vida over there. I love hearing the jungle behind you.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Ciao. Ciao. You're here with a mission to inspire and impact many through your purpose. I'm here to support your mission by sharing the tools, practices, and teachings of Tantra, empowering you to become empowered by pleasure as you light up the world with your love and service. Serve from overflow. This is the new paradigm way of the embodied feminine leader, and I am honored to teach you how. I'm here to help you gently re- gently release any and all things within your being that are out of alignment and no longer true so you can create space for all your desires to enter your life no more sacrificing yourself for service no more putting pleasure rest and celebration at the bottom of the pile it's time to let your feminine essence and primal sensual power become your new fuel source it's time to come fully alive. Your tantric awakening awaits. Join me for Tantric Awakening, a three or six month mentorship for women to return to the throne of your body and become fully alive. Click the link below and visit hollytariah.com mentorship to begin your tantric awakening journey today. Thank you for joining me today on the Shamanic Tantra Podcast. To dive deeper on your Tantra journey, visit my website at hollytariah.com for my online courses, books, private mentorships, and group coaching programs. Please subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with your friends. May you live in truth, beauty, and freedom. Love, Holly Taraya.